the Umpire Inspire podcast is all about the stories, all about the journeys, and all about the heart of being an umpire. I'm your host, Jason Becker. Join the Umpire Inspire crew on Patreon. The Umpire Inspire podcast is listener supported. Working umpires and those who support them are the engine behind this podcast and the greater mission of Umpire Inspire. I'd like to invite you to support the show on Patreon and become an active participant in building Umpire Inspire as we celebrate and inspire baseball and softball umpires all around the world. Contributors on Patreon earn rewards like early access to podcast episodes, community involvement opportunities, Umpire Inspire merchandise, and most importantly, the pride of fueling an effort that matters to you. The Umpire Inspired podcast will always be free to listen to, and anyone who is unable to contribute will not notice the change. But if you enjoy the show, and if the mission of Umpire Inspire aligns with your motivations for being an umpire, I hope you will consider becoming a patron. Visit umpireinspire.com support for all the details, and thank you so much. Hi everyone, Jason here. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. Okay, just a very brief hello, and then I'm going to get out of the way because I'm really, really excited for you to have the opportunity to hear from today's guest. Mark Bernstein is the umpire-in-chief for Little League's West Region. He oversees umpires from the 11 Western states that make up Little League's West Region, and he's someone who has been hugely influential in my umpiring career and in the careers of many, many other Little League volunteer umpires. When I describe Mark to people, I describe him as a true believer. He believes in Little League. He believes strongly in the significant positive impact that a great Little League umpire can have on the experience for the players. And that belief rubs off in a big way. Spend 10 minutes with the guy and any apathy or cynicism about being a Little League umpire is squashed like a bug. (laughs) So please enjoy my very inspiring and at times very personal conversation with Mark Bernstein. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. I've really been looking forward to it. Uh, Jason, thank you so much. Uh, I too have been looking forward to it. Mark, we have a ton of stuff to talk about today, and uh, I want to get right into it. Can you briefly start with your journey? I'd really like to hear about your story, where you started, what uh, what encouraged you to begin umpiring in the first place, what's kept you going all this time, and um, kind of what your position is now. Can you share kind of what the Mark Bernstein story is? Wow, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it's... <laughs> It started in, in 1976 uh, when I uh, umpired my first Little League game. I had been involved in the program since the age of seven. Uh, come from a baseball family. I grew up in a household where my, uh, my mother was a Brooklyn Dodger fan. I'm originally from New York. My father was a New York Giant fan, and I was a New York Met fan. So uh, it was made for some interesting dinners. Indeed. Um, but I will tell you that my my destiny was already decided. I went to my first baseball game. I think I was four days old. 
uh, in Yankee Stadium. So uh, my father had been involved in our local Little League, Mid-Queens Boys Club Little League in Bayside, Queens. Um, uh, and uh, his son was going to play baseball. There was no doubt about that. So at the age of seven, I signed up and played ball. And my father was the president and the umpire in chief and the chief bottle washer and the field maintenance <laughs> guy. And uh, at 16 years old, it was time for me to give back. And um, he asked me if I wanted to umpire. And I will tell you, and I will have to admit it to everybody uh, listening, I was a paid umpire. Uh, I got paid $1 to uh, work a t-ball game. Awesome. And, and I had my, uh, my 35-pound mask and my outside chest protector and my hat <laughs> on backwards and my shin guards, my catcher shin guards on. And for one hour, I chased a ball around a ball field and put it on a tee. <laughs> and, and, when, and when a little t-baller swung and missed, I yelled out strike and I came up very proudly with my left arm <laughs> and, uh, and I was hooked and I was hooked from that point forward. I will tell you that I have not had a break from the Little League program since the age of seven. Um, this will be my 44th year of umpiring, and I can't imagine doing anything else. It was a way for my father and I to bond, uh, my mother as well. I played baseball all through college and, uh, and continued the umpiring because it was something I just, uh, I just wanted to continue to do to stay in the game. And now, as you know, I sit as the uh, umpire-in-chief of, of the Western region of Little League Baseball and Softball. What was it back when you were 16 years old and you've got that outside chest protector on and you're putting the ball back on the tee? You said you were immediately hooked, even by a game like that. Um, what was it about uh, being on the other side that was attractive to you? Well, I'll be honest with you. At the age of 16 years old, I mean, people were listening to me. Uh -huh. I mean, I was I was doing things and people were listening. I was uh, I was a 16 year old and had some had some power, had some authority. Um, I always enjoyed the game. And at that age, it's as even at 16, I knew that at that age it was pure mm. um, and people were laughing and people were, were clapping and people were happy and people were enjoying and the kids were enjoying um, uh, and that was the excitement for me, even at that young age to, to realize that the game was not necessarily about competition, but about community getting together and, and having fun. And, and I've got to, I've got to thank my father for that vision because I watched him do that. I watched mm. uh, him involved in that. And I watched the, the, while the frustration of course, of, of certain roles that he had in the little league program. By and large, it was a happy time, and and I enjoyed that happy time, and uh, and enjoyed watching, uh, and being part of that. Uh, so that was the hook for me, really. That was uh, it wasn't about anything necessarily related to the position of the umpire. Mm -hmm. It was more just being part of the game. That's really interesting. That's an astute observation for a younger person. Uh, but it sounds like you caught that angle pretty quickly. When did it take the next step for you? When did you start thinking, this is something that I'm going to be doing for more than just right now for the next couple of years, making a dollar a game? You know, I don't know that that ever really happened in New York. Um, I continued to umpire. I continued to umpire even while I was in high school and, and, and while I was in college. Um, and again, volunteer. 
um, at that point, um, I, I did not take any pay, uh, even though the little leagues were offering it. Um, you know, my father again, and I keep hearkening back to him because I think he's a, a big part of who I am as an umpire and obviously as a, as a person now. Uh, it was about giving back. Um, my father taught me at a very young age, uh, the best thing I could do in life was to figure out a way to leave this world better than I found it. And I have always felt that I was going to do that through the Little League program and work with youth. But as far as serious, uh, probably not until I moved to California. Um, I, I moved to California to go to law school, uh, met my wife and her two children, who at the time were three and five, uh, two boys. They didn't know it at the time, but they were going to play Little League. Indeed. Um, and uh, that's probably probably when I got real serious about what it was all about and that I could, I could learn, I could learn the craft. Uh, I had never learned the craft. It wasn't probably until I was in my, in my late twenties that I realized I should not be calling strikes with my left arm. Um, I was left-handed, so it was just natural. Okay. Um, so I think that's when it really stuck that, uh, okay, if I'm going to now take the next phase of this with, with these boys and, uh, I, I was going to, uh, like anything in life, I, 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 if I was going to do it, I was going to try and do it as best as I could. So how did you learn that there was more to the craft than you were, were aware of? Did your local Little League, when you came out to California, offer some training that you participated in? Or did you have some folks just step up and say, hey, Mark, uh, there's, there's a different way to do this? Well, in all, in all honesty, I had to seek it out. Um, uh-huh. I, sh- I showed up to register our boys at the Little League program, and at the end of the line uh, was the umpire-in-chief. And uh, it was a league that was about four years old at the time, uh, Carmel Mountain Ranch Little League. They had just, uh, they had just chartered, and uh, they were obviously looking for people. And, uh, and I met the gentleman, and I shook his hand, and I introduced myself, and I said, hey, I... I, I, I I umpire. And he said, Oh really? How long have you been doing it? And I said, well, I've been doing it since 1976. <laughs> and he said, wow. He said, we're going to, we're going to work very well together. Uh, his name was Joel E one still around, still umpiring. God bless him. And, uh, and Joel had been reading a rule book and that was the extent of his, of his training. So it was obvious that it was going to fall to me to get involved. And that's when I sought out our district people. And it was our district people that led me to training and to bring into the fold some training at the local league level. Mark, I always like to hear about umpires' inspirations and their mentors. We, we work in a very unique community. I know you'll agree that the mentor-teacher relationship is so critical and, and so beautiful, really. So you, you met Mr. Ewan. And shook his hand and you got going. I'd like to know about some other um, influential umpires in those early years for you. Can you remember back to some of the umpires that helped you along and really sort of poured some time and effort into you and and uh, helped push you forward to become a great oh. league umpire? Oh, gee whiz, yes. Um, John Coffey uh, was the umpire-in-chief of District 31, where my local Little League was in California. And John was an incredible person uh, and an incredible mentor. Uh, John saw something in me and challenged me. 
um, uh, to, to be better, uh, to put me in situations where I wouldn't necessarily fail, but I would struggle to be good. The other two were uh, Larry Birch, who was the district administrator of District 31 for many, many years. And, and if I had a second father, it was probably Larry. I could talk to Larry about anything. And, and Larry was the one who instilled in me the understanding that umpiring was in Little League was not about balls and strikes, that that was the vehicle we used for a bigger purpose. And that bigger purpose was to make sure that we were teaching the appropriate positive life lessons to children that hopefully someday we're going to make them better adults. And that was my father. Um, that was the mindset. So I really, really latched on and gravitated to Larry Birch. And the other one was Dick Budlong. Uh, Dick Budlong had been a former umpire in chief of District 31, and he was on the umpire staff. And Dick was the yin to the yang. Um, Dick never soft peddled anything. He told you how he felt. He told you how it was going to be. He told you how he wanted it to be. Um, but he always did it with an understanding and a caring and a love and things of that nature. So I got a lot of the yin to the other personality of a Larry Birch and, and a John Coffey. Um, so those were probably my three uh, early mentors. Certainly, as I started to get involved at the Western region, uh, um, Bill Carter became a, a wonderful, wonderful mentor for me and, and, and gave me the tools and the ability to succeed in the role I'm in now. So, yes, I've been very blessed and very lucky, and, and I, 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 to this day, continue to thank those gentlemen, uh, either in person or in my prayers, no doubt. Mark, I hear you uh, bringing up your dad. And uh, it makes me think that from the very beginning, we know that he was a big part of your Little League journey. And I'm pretty confident that that probably lasted um, until the very end of his life. Uh, I bet your dad was very proud uh, and enjoyed seeing you um, rise up the ranks and become more involved with the Little League umpire program. Can you tell me a little bit more about kind of how he reacted to your your involvement with Little League? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and you are correct. Uh, a, an incredible part of my life. Um, uh, was it perfect? No, but is it ever? Um, but there was more perfect than non. Um, let me tell you a little story, if I may. At the age of 13 years old, my father realized, and he had managed me my entire Little League career. Okay as a player. Uh, at the age of 13 years old, he realized that I was getting to a point where there was really nothing more that he could teach me. So we sat down one evening and he said, how would you like to play for Howie Babbitts next year? I said, what are you talking about? Howie Babbitts was a good family friend, also involved in the Little League program. And he said, Mark, I can't teach you anymore. And I think that I'm doing you a disservice because you're the best player on the team. You're the best player in the league. And as a manager, when somebody has to sit to make sure that everybody is treated equally, you're the one who sits. And I knew that. Uh, and I was, I guess at that age, it didn't really mean anything to me, but I understood it. Um, so at the age of 13, fast forwarding, I played against my father for an entire Little League season uh, on another team being managed by Howie Babbitts. And it was the best Little League season of my life. All right. 
it was fantastic because my father would sit and do his lineup. And when he was playing against our team and I knew that I was pitching against his team and we just had a ball bantering back and forth. <laughs> so a lot of fun there. Yeah. Let me, let me fast forward and tell you that my father went to every high school and college baseball game I ever played in. Um, he would get up at five o'clock in the morning when we would travel from New York to Connecticut. He would get up at five o'clock in the morning and he would follow the team bus to Connecticut to watch me play in a doubleheader. Now, mind you, I was a pitcher. So if I was not scheduled to throw that day, there were times where he made that trip just to watch me be there. That was the enjoyment that he got out of watching me and my baseball career. Um, fast forward to umpiring. I don't think he got a more prideful enjoyment than watching me do what I loved to do. Uh, and that whole tell true, not only for umpiring, but in life in general. So we took the journey together. Uh, when there was a regional assignment, um, he and my mom, we took the journey together. Um, my father sat in the stands to watch me umpire at the Western Region Little League Tournament in San Bernardino in 1999. Um, matter of fact, um, while watching me work the final game, had a mild heart attack in the stands, didn't realize it. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, it's just insane. Um, got home and uh, ended up being hospitalized and uh, probably the best day of his life because his doctor told him uh, that he had stopped smoking that day. So that was a, <laughs> that was a plus. Okay. Yes. Um, and I will tell you that uh, in 2008, I had the honor of uh, being selected to work the, the little league world series in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. And uh, probably going to get us a little emotional here. Sorry. No apologies, Mark. You know, all this has me thinking right now of my own dad, who I lost six months ago. And I'm thinking also of my father-in-law, who I lost last year. Both inspirations to me. <laughs> you know, I'm remembering my dad, who up until this last year, would still be right there in the stands with my mom watching my games. <laughs> Mark, I still play on a men's baseball team here in Seattle. Yeah. And there's my 74-year-old dad watching his 47-year-old son uh, banging his cane on the metal bleachers when I get hit by a pitch. <laughs> That's what it's all about. It really is. So everything you're sharing about your dad right now, I get it. We miss those guys. And it's really just bringing a big smile to my face. So I thank you for it. No, thanks. Thanks for the time to, uh, to, to gain my composure. I haven't done that in a long time. But uh, in, in 2008, uh, I was selected to work the Little League World Series in, in, in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. And as you know, you are told probably almost a year in advance of that selection. And, and it was, for any umpire, obviously, the pinnacle, if those are your goals. Um, and uh, unfortunately, uh, my father got sick. And uh, we held out all hope. And... Uh, <clears throat> He was not able to make it. Not physically present, but cheering you on in many, many other ways. Oh, no, absolutely. And, and he made me promise him that uh, no matter what, I would go. And uh, my wife and I, we made whatever plans we had to make. And uh, 
My father passed four days before I left. But you are correct. All right, Mark, I'm jumping in again. Yeah, please. I have a little understanding of how that feels. I think you know that my wife's dad, my father-in-law, Bob Benoit, was a Little League umpire for 42 years. Sure, sure. Um, he had the honor of working in Williamsport in 1995. He got his World Series assignment uh, just as I came on the scene to start dating his daughter. <laughs> I did not attend that trip. Uh, I sure wish I would have now. But as you know, Mark, my very first Little League regional assignment was last summer in Tucson for junior softball. Right. And you can imagine that the only person more excited than me was Bob to see his son-in-law start to take his own next steps. You know, he had his hotel reservation. He was going to be in attendance the whole week for every single game. And sure enough, he did pass suddenly just a month or so before that tournament. So you know um, too well exactly how that felt for me. There is no one, including my wife and kids, that I would have wanted more to attend that tournament with me than Bob. Oh, God, yes. You know? Yeah. I wanted him sitting behind that fence. I wanted to talk about the games with him, and uh, I even wanted him giving me a hard time about my strike zone. <laughs> and he would have loved watching me work. He would have loved, loved meeting my crew. Yeah. It just wasn't meant to be. But... Boy, was he on my heart. Of course. Every inning of every game of that tournament, just like your dad was in Williamsport. Of course. No, of course. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm surprised. I haven't, uh, wow, I don't know, hit it. You, you obviously are, something's causing me to hit this nerve today, and uh, not, no apologies, but uh, but anyway, back back to the story if you're ready. Back to the story. Have at it. So again, my father passed away four days before I left for Williamsport. Um, I had wonderful neighbors who took care of my mom. She was not in a position to travel uh, to come watch. My wife obviously came with me. And I will tell you, you talk about uh, him being with me. It was, I had the, the honor of working at, I worked four plates in that World Series, which wow. was more plates than anybody else had worked, even those who worked the finals. And I will tell you, it is probably to this day the four best plates I've ever worked in my life. Oh, that's great. And I knew my dad was with me because the first plate I worked was in Volunteer Stadium. And there was a Louisiana fireballer. And the first pitch that came in, you know, you hear the story about, oh, I don't know what the first pitch was. I was so... I was so enamored with being there, but you know, and then I settled in and you hear all those stories from, from other world series umpires, but that first pitch came in and that catcher completely bailed on it. And it hit me, it hit me right smack in the face, just right smack in the mask. Oh, Mark, no. And I, I stepped back because obviously I was, I was certainly a little, a little dazed. I stepped back and I just smiled. And I thought to myself, you son of a gun. You son of a gun. I used a different word. So this is how it's going to be. You sit there and you watch me work this game. You sit there and you watch me work this game. So, yeah. So, uh, again, I, I, I apologize for being emotional. But, uh, 
he was a special man. And I really, I take that every day into the program. Uh, I take that every day into uh, what we do at the Western Region. Um, I have a unique opportunity, and we collectively have a unique opportunity to teach those life lessons to children that are going to make them better adults. And, and that is something I take very, very, very seriously. Mark, no apology necessary for all that. I, I, I appreciate it. And I want you to know you're just, you're honoring your dad. Yeah. Well, let's pivot just a little bit, Mark. And, and thank you again for all that. You know, you mentioned your experience at the 2008 Baseball World Series. I know, Mark, that you've had numerous other regional and World Series opportunities in Little League over the years uh, as a working umpire. And I'd like to ask you, you know, Williamsport is a, is a world unto itself, and we all know that. I certainly don't mean to minimize that experience, but I would also like to hear about some of your other experiences. What are some of your favorite memories or maybe some favorite experiences from the other tournaments that you've had the opportunity to work? Can you give me a few snapshots of the different regional or World Series tournaments that you've been a part of over the years? Oh, absolutely. And, and, and you, you raise a good point, and I will tell you, and I have said this to anybody who will listen, uh, the, 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 the Little League World Series in Williamsport is, is certainly the pinnacle, but I will tell you, that's not a baseball tournament. That's an event. That's an international event. And, and, and it's not the same. It's just not the same. Um, you, you don't get to interact much with the, with the players. Um, you're, you're sort of isolated with your umpire crew. Yeah. Um, and, and you've got a, you're either very close to your crew and, and you build those lifelong relationships that many have, or, or you're not. I will tell you, uh, that I do have those type of relationships with the umpires I worked with at the Western region tournament in 1999. But the reason for that is because you're together, uh, you stay in the barracks. Um, the mindset of the tournament is different. So that camaraderie from 1999 is something I will always, always remember. Everybody just is so positive and they want you to do so well. And there's not that cutthroat mindset yeah. um, of, of I'm going to one up you and I'm better than you. And, and, and it was a collective let's work together and, 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 and have some fun while we're doing it. Um, so I will always use that tournament as, as the, the favorite tournament in my career. Uh, again, Williamsport, fantastic, would never give back the opportunity or the chance, but uh, a, certainly a different environment. 1995, I worked uh, my first uh, regional. I worked a, uh, the junior baseball up in Sacramento, and uh, I was the only invited umpire uh, to work that regional. All the other umpires were local umpires from California District 5 at the time. Okay. So for me, for me, it was a matter of sit back, keep your mouth shut, whatever you get, you get, you'll be happy yeah. to get it. Um, so that was, that was certainly a learning experience. Um, I had not been uh, to a regional tournament before that, even as a, a spectator. So it was all new to me. They treated me very, very yeah. well. Uh, uh, but I was the outsider. So I worked a lot of second base. I worked a lot of lines. Um, I think I worked... I want to say I worked one plate, maybe two, um, and and it was okay. It was okay. But I'll tell you, I left with a fire knowing that there was more to it, that, that I could be a better participant down the road. 
um, and then got lucky to work the, uh, the Little League uh, Regional in, in 99. And then in 2000, um, got to go to Kutno, Poland and work the, uh, what they called at the time, the native Little League Regional Tournament. Took my wife with me, had just a spectacular time. It was the first year that a winner went on to the Little League World Series at Williamsport. Right. So uh, a lot of fun, uh, an incredible experience. Um, re-energized me to the point that it was nice to see that the purity of the game again. I went back with a different view of what the program was all about. And then in 2001, uh, I had the honor of working the uh, senior baseball region in Bangor, Maine. It was 100 degrees with 100% humidity every single day. It was brutal wow. to the point where we really couldn't sit and watch other games. When you were done, you just wanted to go to your hotel yeah. room and sit in air conditioning for two hours and grab something to eat and hydrate before you had to go out again. But what I took away from that tournament was not only, again, the camaraderie, but also the, the small town nature of what this program is about. At one point, it was the players were staying at a local college and there was no air conditioning. And they put out a, a, a request for fans. Can you please bring electric fans so we can put them in the rooms to help the players to cool it down? And we showed up the next day, and I am not exaggerating, there must have been 100 wow. fans of all shapes and sizes and colors and ages, and people just banded together to make it right, to make it work. And, uh, you know, the, again, the essence of the community. And I agree with you. I love, there's something very special about working the big game on the big stage, you know, at a, at a really nice field, for instance. But, uh, I, you know, I'll, I'll be on a road trip with my family driving through who knows where and pass a little small town Little League field. And I, I just want to stop and go walk around it. It's, oh, yeah. it's so compelling to me. I just think, oh, I want to go work on that field. That's so great. <laughs> Look at it. There's two rows of bleachers and there's, uh, oh, I bet those kids have so much fun. And, and This program uh, has been built not on regionals and World Series. The Little League program, uh, the softball program have been built on, on communities getting together, throwing out a baseball, throwing out some bats and, and go have a good time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the other stuff is great as umpires. I mean, let's be honest, uh, for many, uh, that's the goal, uh, at the end of the day, that's the goal, but, uh, nobody should forget where they cut their teeth. Nobody should forget, uh, that umpire with the chest protect, the big balloon chest protector and his or her hat on backwards and, <laughs> and gear that doesn't necessarily fit, but they're just out there having a good time. Yeah. Um, that's the essence of our program and, and, and what excites me about what we do and what excites me about the academies. All right, Mark. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you right there. Nicely done. We're, we're getting yeah. into week long Academy. Okay. <laughs> you have, uh, you've read my mind. You're, you're peering over my question sheet here, uh, uh -huh. because, uh, the, the Academy that we run, uh, down in San Bernardino at little league West region headquarters is uh, something that's very special. I know it's not unique uh, within Little League. I know that all the regions have comparable programs um, it, during which they train and, and teach their umpires. Um, 
But for our listeners who aren't familiar with it, Mark, can you just please describe what that week-long is all about? Oh, wow. Uh, the week-long academy. Uh, it is the most intense Little League training that there is for the volunteer umpire. Um, it is open to anybody. Um, it is open to the brand new umpire and it is open to umpires who have worked, uh, world series and regions. Um, and we, we accept all, um, I would suggest to you that from a learning standpoint, probably not the first school you want to come to as a brand new umpire. You probably want to go to a weekend rules clinic and a weekend mechanics clinic and decide if the week long is something that you want to do because it is intense. 12 to 13 hours of training every day, um, both on the field and in the classroom. And it can be daunting, especially for the new umpire. But our goal is to touch on all the aspects of both the rules training and the mechanics that we can, uh, and including cage work, meaning for plate umpires, and to leave you with two things, either a mindset of, gee whiz, I really am not as good as I thought I was, and I got to hunker down and really start to study this craft or I am so excited, I can't wait to go back. Um, there are two aspects of the academy that are important to me. The first aspect is, and we touched on it a little bit, and I use the phrase very often, and that phrase is, don't let perfect get in the way of better. Um, and what I mean by that in the training aspect is we see in our students probably around Wednesday, shutting down because there's just so much information and they're making mistakes. And sometimes because of uh, fatigue or just overload, some of the mistakes are just not mistakes that they would make. Uh, they're, they're, they're careless mistakes. And they're always trying to be as best. And I love that approach. They want to be perfect. And that's when the learning stops. So I want them to relax and, and we want them as instructors to understand that there's, we, this is where we want you to make the mistakes. This is the place you get all of those mistakes out of your system and work on the things that are going to make you better. This is not something that you just come out of the stands and do, um, that it takes time, it takes work. Um, there are a lot of people out there willing to help you use the network, use the mentorship, and you'll be fine. You'll be fine. But the Academy has evolved over many, many years. Uh, we are lucky enough to have a phenomenal relationship with MLB baseball and the minor league program. Uh, I have the ability to have conversations with the director of minor league baseball, Dusty Dillinger, uh, had the opportunity, as you know, to, 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 to gain a wonderful friendship with Jerry Davis, who has been to the school the last couple of years to speak yes. with the students and work with the students, um, uh, uh, Rob Drake and, and, and people like that and, and Teddy Barrett and people like that and, uh, and Laz Diaz and people like that. This, this, we are as close to a mirror of what goes on in the five week professional school as we could possibly be, uh, compressing that into, into five days. And it has really progressed. 
And the thing I'm most proud of as far as the academy is concerned, it is a positive environment. Um, unfortunately, years before Bill Carter and myself, it wasn't necessarily that way. It was about breaking down umpires and always showing them why they did it wrong. And, and uh, that was not a teaching environment that Bill or I, and now myself, wanted to promote. And we've seen a huge positive uptick to that. Uh, students are talking positively about the experience, uh, not necessarily about the curriculum, although that is a positive thought process as well, but about being there and feeling comfortable. Um, and that for me is, is, is the biggest accolade we could get from our students is, is the comfort level they have in being there. Yep. I can attest to that myself, Mark. I was a student in 2017, um, and one of the best experiences, uh, of my life, uh, baseball, umpiring, or otherwise. Mark, what are some of the other things that make the week-long academy successful? It's, it's, it's an approach, and it's a teaching style, but it's also a lot about the uh, other volunteers that, that make the whole thing go. Isn't that right? Oh, my. Oh, my, yes. I, I, we would be nothing without our instructors. We would be nothing without the passion and desire they bring and the, the, I talk about wanting to surround myself with people who get it. Uh, and every one of these instructors gets it. And what I mean by that is they know the purpose for being there. Um, it's not about, again, always about the balls and strikes. It's about making each individual person better uh, within the confines of using the Little League umpire program. Um, these instructors are, are, are top notch. They're some of my, some of my closest friends, um, and, and, and just the best, I will tell you the best little league has to offer. Um, a couple of years ago, I, I was just absolutely dumbfounded. I got up, uh, uh I think it was probably six o'clock in the morning and, and was starting my day. And I hear this noise outside and I look outside and, and there are the instructors, uh, four or five of them out there with some students and, some students had come to them and said, listen, we're having problems with the pivot. We're having problems with, with, our, with our footwork. Can you get us in the cages for some extra time? And here these guys are at six o'clock in the morning, God bless them, doing what they felt that they needed to do to help these students and work with these students. And that's the passion. And, and I, I, I am blessed, absolutely blessed to be able to lead a group of, of instructors uh, who have that type of uh, mindset and that type of passion. So that's the special formula. Yeah. And as a student, uh, as students, we are blessed and inspired by those instructors as well. Uh, this could be an entire conversation and podcast <laughs> on its own. Uh, but the instructors I've had, you know, uh, Dennis Williams, Gerard, uh, David Lewis, I could go on and on, you know, all the names. And uh, these are guys that um, for whatever personal reason they have, just decided, hey, I'm going to pick up uh, and go volunteer my time for a week to help this guy along. I'll tell you, one of, the, one of the comments that stuck out in my mind, and it has for years, one of our instructors is Gary Grotman. Gary leads up, uh, heads up our, uh, our rules uh, portion uh, of, of, of the regional instructors. And Gary was a captain in the Navy uh, career. 
Um, and I remember when I first met Gary, after a couple of years of being involved in, in what we were doing from a regional standpoint, he came to me, he said, I got to tell you something. He said, I have been in the, I was in the Navy for, for 30 years and I have never been involved in a group that had the camaraderie and that had the passion that I see exhibited here at the Western region. And to come from somebody like that, who, who had been in what I believe is, is, you know, the military brotherhood and sisterhood that, that I hear about that really gave me pause and that really made me feel good. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's what we're striving to do. It's, uh, is to bring people together who get it and who want to pay it forward. That's incredible. What a great comment from Gary. Mark, the last thing that usually happens at most of the West Region week-long academies is camp games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, he, he laughs. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and I do too, because it's a ton of fun. It's uh, one of the highlights of the week. Uh, it's a phenomenal learning experience in so many ways. And I was just wondering, Mark, for listeners who aren't familiar with kind of what we're up to during camp games, can you explain uh, what goes on during that day and uh, what the goals are and, and maybe share a story or two? Oh, absolutely. It, it's, <laughs> and, and I agree. It, it certainly is uh, a highlight of the week. And I people start talking about it from day one. That's right. And they've heard about it. And they've heard about it when they show up and... Uh, <laughs> And uh, basically what it is, it's, it's a controlled game environment where the instructors are basically running the, the game. The uh, half of the students are fielders and runners, and the other half of the students are uh, put in two-man crews, plate umpire and base umpire, on a 60-foot diamond. And uh, they work situations. Uh, and what makes it fun is that the two managers, uh, one being myself and one over the last couple of years has been Dennis Williams. Uh, we basically are making the student umpires think on their feet, think in a stressful environment, take everything hopefully that they've learned over the week and apply it. Uh, uh, and that not only includes rule knowledge, but that includes game management skills and, and things of that nature. And what we tell the students at the end of the camp games when all the uh, dust has settled is that if you can handle myself and Dennis Williams, you're going to be able to handle any manager at any level in any league. Um, you know, I, I believe that Dennis and I have a lot of knowledge and, and a lot of ways of, of, of making simple situations more complex and trying to... <laughs> to steer conversations and trying to make umpires uh, do what we want them to do. And if they are able to decompartmentalize all of that stress in that situation, and mind you, they're also doing it in front of their peers, which is a big part of it as well. But it is a fun environment. Um, it, is, uh, it is a very interesting environment. Um, I have been, uh, tossed from many a campaign. <laughs> um, I will tell you none of them, uh, uh, deserved. Um, oh, of course not, Mark. Of course not. But, uh, <laughs> oh my, some of the situations are, are just fantastic. Uh, um, we, we just have a lot of fun with it. Uh, we laugh. Uh, it's not always the most positive, uh, uh, uh scenarios, 
but we try to keep collectively the whole process positive. And, uh, you know, if you can't laugh at yourself, uh, then, then you can't laugh. And, uh, um, we have a good time with it. It's a, it's a lot of fun. And I think an integral part of, of what we do at the Academy. Okay. So I can share two stories of my experience as a student with you during camp games, Mark. I will humble myself <laughs> and you were involved with both of them. I bet I am. <laughs> yeah. And I share these stories with anyone who will listen here in my district because I think they're both really good illustrations of what you can learn at the week long. Okay, so it's my turn on the field, and in this exercise, I'm the base umpire. There's a runner on second. The ball is hit. I come into the working area. The runner rounds third and scores. The batter stops at first. Sure. No problem. So behind me, I hear you call time, and I turn around, and here you come, Mark, making a beeline for me. All right, now the wheels are turning. I'm thinking to myself, okay, what just happened? Awesome. What does he want to come out here and talk with me about? You ask me if I saw the runner touch third. Yes, I saw the runner touch third. Well, can you ask your partner? <laughs> no, I don't need to ask my partner on this one, coach. I saw the runner touch third. And you carry on. Well, I think the third baseman was in your way. Don't you <laughs> want to go and check with your partner? Coach, no, I had. I was in great position. I uh, did exactly what I needed to do. I saw the touch of third, so let's play. And you just carry on and on and on. And now you're bringing up hypothetical situations <laughs> and you're asking me about rules in the book and et cetera, et cetera. And at some point I think to myself, okay, I see what's going on here. He is just trying to prolong this conversation and get me to say something that will get me in trouble, <laughs> right? So at a certain point I say, coach, uh, we've discussed this. I've made my decision. I'm not going to check this. I saw it clearly. Let's get back to work. And I turn around and walk back out to my position in the field. And at that moment, I thought, my gosh, I've just turned my back on Mark Bernstein. I'm walking out to the field. Please don't follow me. Please don't follow me. <laughs> the sweat is pouring down. And Mark, in that moment, you were merciful. And that was the end of that. <laughs> But the point of all of that was for you to help me understand that there's a certain point where you just need to say, all right, Mark, let's get back to work now. Yep. I've made my ruling. There's going to be no further discussion on this. Let's go. And uh, that's really stuck with me. So that was number one. Number two is uh, I'm behind the plate this time. We get a few plays in. I get into position to make a foul call. I believe I trailed the batter runner on one play. Pretty standard stuff. So afterwards, my partner and I jog over to the folding chairs off to the side where you and the other evaluators share what you've just observed. And you said this to me, Mark. You said, everything you just did was average. I've seen you be much better than that. Go get them next time. And you were commenting, I believe, on my hustle during that rotation and on the crispness of my movement. <sighs> And my reaction to your comment in my head was, first of all, well, shoot, he's right. And second of all, well, man, I don't want to be average. I want to be way better than that. And that lit a fire under me. Sure. And that's an example of the, the other side of the coin that you described earlier with your early mentors, right, Mark? Sometimes there's, there's times where you... Um, gauge your student and, and, and talk them through and bring them through and put your arm around them and say, this is what we need. Give them a compliment sandwich, <laughs> right? And there's right. other times where you have to be more direct and just say, look, buddy, 
uh, everything you just did was average. And uh, that that hit me like a like a ton of bricks. So I also thank you for that. And it's a it's a great example of the of the other way to get through and to instruct and to teach. Yeah, that second story is is phenomenal because it it really drives home the point that that we we emphasize at the school and, and, and I emphasize in any training. And that is when you walk on the field, you are always working uh, until you walk off the field. The minute you walk on the field, you are working until the minute you walk off the field. And the second adage is that we, we live by is nobody out hustles us. Nobody out hustles us. Uh, we have to set an example as, as the umpires on the field. Um, and as you know, as, as an umpire and as a student, uh, players, uh, managers, coaches, even fans feed off our energy. And through all of that, you're still going to be gearing up and stepping onto a field for years to come. Yeah, absolutely. I sure hope so. As long as health-wise I am able to, I will continue to, to be on the field. Uh, uh, the days of working 75 games a year and, and six games a day are, are over. Um, I'll give you two a day, um, and I'll work anywhere you want me to work. But, uh, um, you know, I, I, I pick and choose my spots, but believe that I still need to, to be on the field to, to do this job to the point that I believe it's, it's appropriate. Very good. Well, Mark, let's leave it right there. Awesome. This has been a lot of fun for me and I thank you not only for this, uh, last little bit of time that we've spent together, uh, but also for the, uh, time that I've spent with you in the classroom and on the field uh, for the instructor that you have been for me and by extension that the other volunteer instructors have been for me and a lot of other um, umpires these past few years. All of the West Region Little League volunteers who are listening, look, we, we know how good we have it with the program that we have available to us. My hope is that that will encourage us all to continue to pay it forward. We have a good thing. Now let's share it with the people in our local community and and those who are around us. This has been great. I really appreciate your time, Mark. Yeah, I appreciate it. Boy, you you, you took me places I haven't been a long time today. And I, I I really appreciate it. It was very cathartic for me. And thank you so much. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And again, as always, Jason, let me know what you need from me. You always have the support. I'll do that. Thanks, Mark. We'll talk soon. Take care, my friend. Well, there you have it. And look, if you're not fired up by now to step onto the next field you work on and umpire your brains out, then I don't know, you might be listening to the wrong show. Many thanks again to Mark. That was great. Thanks again for listening. Hey, don't forget that I love to hear from you guys. Join our growing community on Facebook or send me an email at jason at umpireinspire.com and let me know what you think of the show. I also want to be sure to thank the listeners who supported the Umpire Inspired podcast this week by becoming contributors on Patreon. That would be Bobby Benoit, Sarah Fowler, Colin O'Dell, Maureen Becker, Dan Benoit, and the Luke Bryan Tour. Thanks to each of you. And if you, dear listener, would like to help us celebrate and inspire baseball and softball umpires all around the world, you can find out how to become a contributor at umpireinspire.com support. Take good care of yourselves, and I will see you next week on the Umpire Inspire podcast.